podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. episode 59 of this numbers podcast as per shout out to those who listened to the previous one episode 56 i dismantled the notion that millennials and young people have it easier than before ever to get in the housing market with actual evidence and a bit of common sense so make sure you check that out next time some old gits are waffling up at you with regards to your current living situations and your complaints about why we're getting screwed on a major basis so make sure you check that out very good podcast anyway this week, um, I have a guest. His name's Ash, very intelligent young man. And we had a chat about his background, what he does for a living, his hobbies. And we tackled the question, are men's lives relatively disposable? So that is going to be the crux of this week's podcast. But a quick roundup of what's happened across the world, well, relevant to us in the last week or so. We had a royal wedding, which... Sorry to be a party pooper, I don't understand why so many black people are so excited about, yeah, it's great for Megan and nice seeing black past and all that shit. But realistically, do you remember what the royal family represents? Representing the British Empire and what they have done across generations and generations, so keep that in mind. However, on a lighter note, Harry looked wavy as hell. That army jacket had me wanting to do one, two, two army stuff so I could get that that fit for my own special day or the woman's special day really. Megan as per looked elite, absolutely stunning. Idris' wife was out here dressing like she was doing brunch at Gaucho. I don't know what she was on, but the Gucci fit is hard, but I'm not sure about the wedding. Um, David Beckham as per usual, smashing. Man's been on top of the game since like 95, like so elite. Him and Victoria Beckham, I don't use his word lightly, but they are actual icons probably like 700 M's between the both of them. Um, George Clooney's wife, they look sharp as well. But yeah, the wedding cost 32 million of taxpayers' money. So boy, you lot could celebrate that ish. I couldn't give a flying monkeys. But I had to talk about it anyway. On a more solemn note, there was another shooting in Texas. 10 unfortunate souls were taken by 17-year-old um, Demetrios, Demetrios Pargotsi. He confessed to the shooting. He noted that he actually spared people that he liked. And he cited in, in, the desp- in a deposition that he wanted his story told, which is quite psychotic. This has started a debate on gun laws in America, which I will actually cover very soon. But yeah, that's a very, very, very sad note. And my thoughts goes out to those people's families and friends and the state of Texas as a whole. Last but not least, um, Yanyo Laurel. I'm sure you've heard of this by now. YouTuber Chloe Feldman tweeted this robotic recording and it got everybody heated. One of my brothers, Martha, she was tweeting mad. <laughs> she said, if you didn't hear Laurel, stay away from me, you're evil or something like that. Silly girl, she's a scientist, she should know better. But anyway, um, I, I personally heard Yanni. And the difference is, is really due to the quality of the recording, which creates ambiguity, plus the quality for speakers. So if you're listening Dre Beats compared to if you're listening through two pound headphones you got from Bossman, that will make some sort of difference. However, the main 
factor is frequencies. The older you are, the less likely you are to hear higher frequencies. So those who are a bit older are more likely to hear Laurel rather than Yandy because it was in a lower frequency. And another thing to note is this is an example of a tritone paradox. It's an auditory illusion. The essence around it is two computer produced tones that are related by half an octave. I'm not gonna go into the science because when I read it, I understood, but I'm not that much of a science geek to be able to relate the information back to you in a digestible way. But yeah, it was, it's quite a neat trick and it got all of us talking. Now for the podcast, as I said, I'm joined by my guest Ash. We're gonna be discussing whether or not males' lives are more relatively disposable. We're gonna discuss the biology of it, the society factors, how it resonates today and the potential solutions. But first, an introduction to Ash and who he is. Yeah, 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 Atu. This is DJ Anochi coming fresh from the desk. You're listening to this enormous podcast. That's it. Atu. DJ Willie, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. So today, I'm joined by Ash after many technical difficulties what's good ash <laughs> <laughs> i'm good we got there in the end yeah you yeah. have to power through sometimes man yeah I'll, I'll thought about quitting quite a few times i can't lie anyway <laughs> um ash tell us about yourself as much information or as little information as you would like to disclose okay um so i my name's ash uh some people know me as shogun or show for short and um i well, by trade, by day, I'm a web developer. Um, it's really not that glamorous. Um, and then in my spare time, I create video game content um, under the name of Shogun or Shogun FC. Um, primarily football gaming content, um, but sometimes some other games as well. And just I'm just branched out and getting more into the content creation side of things. And I'm really enjoying it. Starting off as a bit of a hobby and now it's, it's something I can see myself potentially aiming towards in a, in a few years to be kind of a, a main thing. Um, and it's it's opened up some doors, like allowing me to do some charity events um, as well, which I'm really passionate about. I've got another big one coming um, the 3rd of August, um, Score Against Cancer, where we get um, a load of gamers together. We play uh, games, create uh, content and entertainment for people kind of like how you see on like comic relief things like that where it's entertainment and then we push people to uh, donate money to charity as well so that's that's kind of me in a nutshell on the things that i that i get stuck into um okay that's cool um you have a podcast as well i do yeah i'm just uh getting started so my, my soundcloud is soundcloud.com forward slash shogun fc and uh, I'm looking to have a few different podcast series on there. So, again, some about the gaming side of things, some more um, kind of current affairs and more kind of um, just open topic podcast as well. So, like I said, I'm, I'm just getting started on there. We've only got a couple couple pods up there at the moment, but that will be um, definitely expanding in the coming days and weeks. So, uh, yeah, go check that out. Okay, cool. And in terms of your political views, if you have any, again, you could choose how much you want to disclose or not. I'm not a Mussolini out here. I let people do what they please. So, yeah, how would you describe yourself politically, would you say? Um, I would say that I am um, centre-left, more leaning towards the left um, in that sense. But um, I don't 
directly subscribe to any political party specifically. Okay. Um, it's more about in case of policies, and I'll make my decision based on that. Okay, cool. So I finally get somebody's a bit. Actually, no, I've had some. I've had a couple of ladies a bit more left. But yeah, cool. All right, cool. Let's get into the crux of this debate. Um, you hit me up because um, mm. we both probably individually um, have discussions on our social platforms um, about the how men's lives seem to me, and I think there's quite a lot of overwhelming evidence to suggest, um, are relatively disposable. And when I say disposable, I mean if you compare it to, let's say, women's lives and children, girl or boy, and we kind of got talking about it and we decided to podcast on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you were you were tweeting about it. Someone was, and like I said, we, it's something that we've both kind of spoken about and been quite vocal about in the past. Yo, what's good, bro? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. Seems like our sound's coming out all right. Okay, cool. cool Let me cool. just double check what episode of my damn podcast is even on because I forget every damn week. Okay, 59. Cool. So we have Ash. Ash, what's good? Hey, how you doing, man? Okay, 11 hours ago, I got in front of my in front of my eyes on my iPad. So this this week I'm joined by Ash. Is that how you want to be? Is that how you want to go by? Um, yeah, Ash or Shogun, I guess, depending on where I'm at. But yeah, either of those is fine. Ash is good. Okay, cool. Thank you for joining me, Ash. So let's give the listeners a brief background about yourself. So you can tell us your age if you want to, what you do for a living if you want to, and um, what you do outside of your work. Cool. Okay. Um, I tried to I, start. Um... Oh, wait, wait. That sounded so dead. Let me start again. <laughs> You paid a different guy fifty dollars to spot him outside UPS and get his ass beat every day at six PM. He had he had to be escorted to secu- by security to his car. She did this for months. This at the moment has got forty six point two thousand retweets, one hundred and seventy four thousand likes. Uh, quite a lot of people are laughing. Quite a lot of people on my timeline and stuff are laughing as well. And I just said twenty two thousand retweets, one hundred seventy likes. Interesting. So like somebody getting beaten up relentlessly like direct debit like every week like man knows call 6pm my head's getting bust on a Friday most people are going <laughs> to go catch like <laughs> catch a couple beverages chill with their family he knows his head will get tap danced on and people found this very humorous and it kind of to me was a kind of a small snippet of the reality where violence amongst men is highly normalised and we're gonna discuss this in our podcast today mm. so the first um the first segment about this, we're going to discuss early society. So from good enough time, what what are the rules that society kind of created? How much were they governed by biology? And is there any, also any references to the animal kingdom, which I do not care about. Unless there's no environment animals, I don't care. I only like to eat and wear animals. But obviously, <laughs> thankfully, um, that's why I get people like you with more range and more patience about other segments of life. So yeah, um, how do you think early society has shaped this 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 um, disposability problem when it comes to lively to the lives of men? All right. Um, it, I guess it kind of goes before we have what we would look at now and say society. So from a, from a biological standpoint, yeah. Um, in 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 all species, there are um, there's a phenomenon called sexual 
dimorphism um, or some animals in, um, experience sexual dimorphism which is where the two sexes ex um, express different behaviors and differences beyond just the genitals so for example like in humans i see it's very obvious for the most part whether somebody is male or female um, in terms of physical size in terms of from a biological standpoint in terms of um, general behaviors that sort of thing so um, as humans we fall into that category there's some um, animals and plants that fall into what is called monomorphism where between male and female you couldn't tell the difference yeah. um, but that's definitely not the case with us it's very clear and there are behaviors and activities and characteristics that you can quite comfortably say this is a primarily male characteristic and this is a primarily female characteristic for example um one of your podcasts recently, because um, I am quite an avid listener of your podcast, actually. Sure, 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 um, sure, sure. You had um, a guy called David Bell on. Yeah, top And man. he was talking. Yeah, he's very knowledgeable and very articulate. I was really good listening to him. Um, and he was talking about risk appetite. Um, and that, you know, he was talking about it more in, a, in context of, you know, um, I think it was, um, was it the pay gap? Was he talking yeah. about in terms of uh, and financial disparity, and that you know, men and testosterone in particular increases your risk appetite. And the way that we can identify that behaviour in humans, we can see that in other different animals, and it's clearly a biological thing that different animals treat each other differently via that that split line between male and female, and some animals act in the same way that humans do in that well as we're gonna go through today we will look and say that males are seen as less important uh for example um it's a, it's a weird connection to make but spiders for example for within a lot of species of spiders the female is entirely important and the male is disposable to the point of the moment they mate they either die or the female will try and eat them what? Seriously. <laughs> um, the most famous example, for example, is the, the black widow spider. They they kill the male as soon as the seriously. As soon as the lot's gone, it's yeah, lunchtime. Sounds like Nigerian women still, but anyway, let's <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting into that at all. <laughs> I, I don't want my life to be that disposable right now, please. <laughs> so you your life insurance popping if you're dead. Anyway, let me know if we get too much trouble. But um yeah, so it's interesting um, you said about biology yeah. because when we look at um earlier times, um we've all heard the phrase survival of the fittest and in earlier times it really was survival of the fittest there weren't no um, Sainsbury's um, Express where you could go in at 11 o'clock and get a croissant if you want to eat like you literally had to go out and hunt so the more stronger and when I say stronger I mean the literal physical strength and the more gritty um, humans tended to survive so men were actually going out and hunting to provide for their families and testosterone and why this is biologically um testosterone the higher the, te the higher the testosterone you have the higher the muscle mass and and um and it obviously it affects your bones as well on average so that's why men tend to be stronger than women like when you look at um, weightlifter records how fast men can run um how much um how hard they can hit um physical. yeah men are more um physically have more superiority in terms of physicality and also mm -hmm. testosterone also 
the higher testosterone, the more prone you are to um, violence, So, which we see in society anyway. So it's interesting how, if you look at biology, bi biologically, men are kind of more predisposed to doing more dangerous tasks, getting them more conflict because you do have more power and also you're in danger as a man because other men also are more strong and more likely to get involved themselves in violence. So I feel like that's how from the beginning of time, well, if you weren't really strong enough, like you weren't eating, um, is it in the Greek times, Spartans were sending their kids into in, in, into mountains and if they if they didn't survive, then that's their personal problem. Like we only yeah, try to have- Yeah, it's literally, that's between you and you. If you come back home, great. If not, then boy, someone else is well, eating. Well, right, no Wi-Fi like in the mountains back then. Them, them kids out there just getting eaten by flipping walls and that. But um, let's move on to the second. So, so we kind of, kind of laid a foundation of how it is from the beginning of society where fund where you've explained the biology better than I have because that's not really my strong point. I definitely got like a D in biology, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did get A's in physics and chemistry. So just let people know I'm not as dumb as actually. Never say that. Um, got something like that. Something, something like that. Oh, like, man, got D's in science. Like you calling me dumb? Like um, <laughs> do you know what's there? But. <laughs> You don't need to pull this one back up on you, innit? Yeah, I know. No, no, I, I actually, I actually do not care. Um, so the main body we want to talk about society today because we are living in the the here and now, and we both, me and you, both have agreed that men's lives are more disposable on average. So let's discuss how it is in the society. So you can you can go first and give me your thoughts. Um. Okay. So I guess the most simple way to break this down um, and something that is, you know, I'm not going to go too much into this animal kingdom side of things. Talking purely in terms of humans, the sort of dangers and situations where this disposability would present itself are very unique in terms of humans. And we would look at situations, for example, a sinking ship um, is the most common way to look at this. If the, if the ship's going down, who gets saved first? It's women and children. Yeah. And that is the rule, standardly. Women and children get priority in terms of being safe, being comfortable, and being alive, without question. Burning buildings, sinking ship, if it comes to having seats on the train, I mean, me personally, I will sit there and pretend I'm asleep unless it's someone either that's disabled or heavily pregnant. I'm not moving for no one. But the expectation is that I should be willing to put myself in a situation of either discomfort or death in order to save women and children, whether they're mine or not. Mm. Like, I'll happily lay my life down for my girl and my kids. Someone else's society, society would tell me that I should also be willing to put myself at the bottom of the pecking order for them as well. Um, and that that's a very extreme case in terms of talking about, you know, being willing to die for women yeah, and course. children. But um, that still goes across society in different ways and obviously to different extremes where you are, where men are expected to have the full brunt of whether it comes to down to financial responsibilities um, in terms of, you know, we'll get into you know, um, prison sentencing and things like that. Um, you know, those any kind of, I guess it does come down to pretty much just responsibilities and the stresses and the consequences of 
any kind of actions or the way society works men do kind of have to hold the brunt of that and there is the the opposite argument there where people talk about patriarchy and that is in in some ways an argument that definitely can be had you need to have that counterbalancing argument there um but it it's quite disproportionate in in ways that obviously we're going to go into during this podcast um but yeah what i mean speak on speak on your thoughts on that as well yeah um so when people talk about patriarchy it's quite interesting um they're like yeah well this is a system when i say people say patriarchy um, is bad for women oh uh, yeah of course in certain certain subsections of life it's bad for women and in some subsections of life it's bad for men as well and then the argument i get which is i find highly idiotic and i just have to restrain myself from no one to self-combust is that but it was created by men no it wasn't it made that the system was predetermined first of all biologically there's like as we explained biology has an impact on like how men at the beginning of time were kind of like primary decision makers primary um earners hunters blah 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 but also the fact that like right now in terms of society yeah the top dogs if you look at their actual characteristics, they are they are men, but they're a very, very small minority. Like people like me and you, unfortunately, we have no real sway on decision making in the world, really and truly. No. Hopefully one of us gets there, hopefully me. <laughs> but uh, but like I agree in, bro. <laughs> Yeah, but like realistically, um the way society set up is not very beneficial to the vast majority of the population, male or female. So and how I talk about this, um, I like to um, bring up the dis- the disposability of male life. For example, men are way more likelier and testosterone is a part of this world which is biology and also are way more likelier to go out and take jobs that are more physically demanding and are dangerous that's that comes from social conditioning where you have to go out and get money regardless that is in people who listen to my podcast know that's intrinsic to your valuation as a human being so you're more likely to take more risk we have as we discussed um, me and david on episode 57 men have a larger risk appetite so if you look at um the workplace so in terms of dangerous jobs um 97 of dangerous jobs from 2016 slash 20 slash 2017 um according to the health and safety executive were men, 97%, which is astronomical. Obviously, I'm not advocating for more women to die. I'm just using this as no, a no, point. No, no, no. Yeah, God, yeah, I'm not God, trying God. to say, yeah, yeah, we need to get it at 50-50. No, I'm not trying to see anybody die at work, really, truly. But um, I'm just using it as a point to highlight the decisions that men make, which, and it's normalised. Like, nobody, it's, this is not like some big talking point. So if you look at some of the industries where you get the most um, workplace um, facial injuries, construction, agriculture, and manufacturing, so if you look at agriculture, for example, um, vast majority of the workforce are men. So 71% of laborers, um, no, 71% of laborers are men and 84, 85% of managers are men. So the vast majority of the agricultural um, so, uh, industry are men. This is from the Food Research Organization. Now, if you look at the Office of National Statistics and the employment um, data by industry, this is from January to March, of this year, 2018, um, 87% of construction workers are men and 75% of manufacturing workers are men. So these are jobs that obviously have the increased height of danger. Why are men doing these jobs? Their lives don't seem as valuable as others. And if you look at um, the army, for example, UK regular, um, regular forces, 
um, these, this is data from October 2017, only 10.3% of them were female. 10.3, so 89.7, so nine out of 10 UK regular forces are men. And before I let you go, if you look at mandatory military service, so conscription, this is where countries um, have legislation that um, young men in their country have to go serve in the army for a certain period of time. Germany still have it, Turkey have it, Austria, Cyprus, Estonia, Finland, Greece, Norway. I think Cyprus, you have to serve like 26, 29 months. Korea still have it as well. Yeah, yeah, Korea, um, yeah, Korea. But I think in, I think in North Korea... Tottenham yeah. was worried about that he might have to <laughs> go and serve and like cut his career short. It was it was crazy. Like it was a real thing. Yeah. For, so yeah. and and according to um to the World Health Organization, there is not a single country, a single country, in this earth, in this earth, on this earth, shall I say, where mm-hmm. women outlive men. Obviously, um, I think slightly more women are born. Men, you mean men, outli- men don't outlive women, so yes, so it's, it's very, very interesting if you look at it from that point of view. So, why are men actually we'll get into the wise later, but that's just a, a slight snapshot that society has kind of created this type of environment where men go out and chase the money, regardless. I spoke on a previous podcast about men, not men work 10 more hours, almost 10 more hours, um, a week on average on women. Men are willing mm. to push themselves further and further just to make, in terms of monetary gain. I will talk about violence and stuff later, but to the point where they are getting into dangerous jobs, which women, because women are a lot smarter and have a lower risk appetite, mm. will never get involved in. And I always think that I think that the if you look at the lower standard of living, I think you see a lot more men populate that bottom of the barrel lifestyle. Do you know where? Maybe you're alcoholic or you're homeless, which 85%, for example, 85% of people who sleep rough in the UK are men. Like, these stuff ain't, this is not really coincidence, but yeah, you can you can further expand. Well, one thing I want to touch on, and like, I, I always believe it's good to present both sides of the argument. Yes. In terms of, obviously we're talking about how men's lives are you know, seemingly disposable and that's obviously we clearly agree on that. The flip side of that is that women and children, in terms of we talk about biology a lot, in terms of furthering the species, they are more important than men in that sense. So obviously women are the only people that can give birth. Yeah, so te- so technically children- technically you can have one man out here doing a mad thing and society can keep on going because obviously um, it's, he can um, impregnate multiple women, which some men in the society actually do. <laughs> These crazy use of 25A mums, shout out them, man. But um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out them, man, there. But yes, intrinsically, if you actually look at it and logically, men are more disposable from that biological sense because we are not the reproducers. Like, you can have a lot fewer of us and society can still run to a certain degree. But yeah, go on, carry on. Absolutely. Yeah, so that was, um, yeah, and then children obviously have more potential to, again, reproduce long-term. Um, and if we're talking about society, they have a higher ceiling as children. Obviously that ceiling comes down as you get older, but a higher ceiling to contribute to society as well. So in that, in that grand scheme of things, that counter-argument would be that 
technically. Again, we'll go into, you know, ship sinking, looking at, you know, there's one lifeboat left and it only carries three people. And, you know, there's a man, a woman, two kids. The man has the least to offer out of everyone that can get onto that lifeboat. And that is that general, that's the idea that we've been kind of biologically and society, societally um, that we that we perpetuate basically that based on just the pure kind of hard nitty gritty what can you bring to the table long term men are at the bottom of that but where that starts to fall apart is that when it comes to the responsibilities of you know the day-to-day life and these things that contribute towards the furthering of the species that that responsibility falls very heavily on men yeah, to make to make that happen, and essentially, whilst like you say, whilst we cannot give birth, whilst we technically, if we're talking about potential, would have the lowest potential in terms of contribution long term, we are still expected to be facilitators, and in a lot of cases, primary facilitators. Of course, um, in that sense, and that's where that starts to fall apart because, unlike most other species on this planet, we have an active conscious way of running society and it's it's you know we step away from nature in that sense and we run it with our brains that is is, that's the way yeah that's that's the way humans work and so that whilst that counter argument is there it it can't hold up in that sense with the way that society runs the way that we run from you know microcosms as an individual family to the broader society and the way you know the entire planet tends to work um that that disparity shrinks to pretty much zero in the fact that you know we will look and say that men and women have different roles if you want to go traditionally but they're of equal importance um and that's where this now starts to become a problem and we talk you know you're throwing up all these these stats about how you know it's men that are heavily outnumbering women in dangerous jobs um you know physical labor and you know, we talk about earning potential, but also the responsibility that comes with that. And it's worth noting, if anyone didn't know, that women quite comfortably outnumber men. So it's, you know, it shows just how skewed those numbers are um, in that sense. And it's, it's, it's important to look at both sides of that and apply both, apply the context of both. And it, it does give you the bigger picture there of just how big this is a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and my counter argument to that point will be like, okay, cool. Of course, we can ascertain that um, on a on a logical scale in terms of um, reproduction and furthering of the human species. That of course, um, women have more intrinsic value because they are the bearers. They're the bearers of children, and children are children. But um, the way it's gone to society is that the suffering and the hardships that men face are so normalized. It's to the point where you have just just balmy people coming on TV say men are so privileged, men have a good. Da-da-da-da. I've had people tell me that men, there's men, um, that men don't suffer from anything. I've had just some, and you'll be you'll be alarmed. Yeah, you get these you get these social commentators that are just a bit, and the thing is like they'll throw it, these things out from yeah. And I think it, it won't be that bad if it was like one, two, three people, but it's a lot of people, and they're getting a very, very louder 
their voice is getting louder and they're becoming more influential. They're writing articles in The Guardian, just full of bag of crap. Like, I saw an article the other day, somebody in the, I think I remember The Guardian most likely, men should work less so the gender pay gap goes like, what? Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had some, there was some lady, I think she went from the US or might be here. She had like something ridiculous, like 15,000 followers. She's some sort of journalist or blogger or something like that. She's She has influence and she was like, she believes that if, like some innocent men, we should sacrifice innocent men just to catch rapists. So some, in, and she happily, she calmly said, yeah, like some man should just go to jail if that means you catch more rapists. Like, Imagine. No, I think I might have seen that, you know. Yeah, and that, I and I was more, that, and that was mortified. Like, like what his life is just like that disposable. So nah. So that's my point. Like, it's got to the point where so far that, and also the fact that men, because it's normalized, men don't even realize that right this type of stuff is not normal. Which I'm gonna get onto. For example, like mm. some some of the figures I say genuinely shock people. I had a conversation with one of my closest friends. Um, she knows who she is. She's listening to this. We had like a long conversation about men and women. Blah blah blah. And she's even been sending me some DMs like of some tweets. I'm like, yeah, this is proper normal stuff. And she's flabbergasted because obviously she's a rational, well, on most occasions, um, very caring person, but she can't believe how like nines people are some almost uh, like the hardships men face. But anyway, some statistics. Um, in terms of domestic mm. violence, um, we all know that domestic violence is an issue in the UK. Um, men definitely mm. tend to be um, higher perpetrators than women so this is not some yeah. so please start coming with me like I'm victim blame all that type of stuff like no. you know some people hear domestic <laughs> violence and they start telling you their life story and not listen to the point you make like please like no um, so yeah. I'm not trying to suspect but I'm just giving facts and figures so Mankind Initiative um, they found out that between the ages of 16 and 59 15% of men have experienced some sort of domestic violence in their lives which is very, 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 very shocking when you think about it. Because people kind of don't really believe that men will ever get domestically abused in any capacity. And if they do, he's like, oh, she's just a girl type. Do you know what I mean? That type, that type of attitude, yeah. 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 Um, obviously, um, in terms of domestic violence, one in three are men, obviously two in three are women. So it's a lot more prevalent that women are being, they're the main sufferers of this. And it's interesting to me because I bring up some scenarios where um, there was a girl, like some little school girl, this was been about two, three years ago, a video of her hitting this guy and he wasn't reacting. Like, I think it's like a white school child and there's a couple of guys around just hitting this guy. He wasn't reacting, wasn't reacting. And people, many people laughing, making memes about it. He said something about my cousin. Oh, is this the, are you going to go get your cousin? Yeah, 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 yeah that, that one. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Um, there was the whole Beyonce, Solange and... Uh, um, a whole situation. There was jokes and memes for days. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but here's my argument, and this to me shows how pe- how much people normalize um, violence amongst men. Forget that boxing, the UFC, are multi-billion-dollar sports where men are actually beating the lumps out of each other for entertainment. And I can say I'm a hypocrite because Lord knows I love boxing. I need to watch Lomachenko, Linares, in fact. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm a hypocrite for that. Cool. Let's look at the arguments of why people say men should hit women and I'm an advocate of this I don't believe in hit women my dad told me from early if your sister hits you you hit her back I'm going to fight you and see me I'm not trying to fight my dad because my dad will beat me up in it <laughs> from as a kid so like, I don't want no parts of those problems you get me so I've always been that way inclined cool so the, when 
people have arguments on why men and women sh- um, men shouldn't violently response to women if they even if they provoke them verbally or physically is because of the power disparity which we discussed that men have more testosterone they're likely to be um which gonna have an impact on their muscles and bones whatever we know men are stronger on average cool so if a man smacks a woman we're like no that's wrong because he's a lot stronger cool here's why that power argument does not hold and and it's why that the the issue is that people don't really care about violence but amongst men is normalized if there was two men and there was a still a substantial and obvious power disparity between them fighting mm-hmm. it won't get the same energy as no, a man yeah, clapping off. so let's let me give you two scenarios a man clapped off a woman punched a woman in the face she yep. falls down she's mm-hmm. like in pain everybody's going crazy absolutely bonkers to a point where people are cancelling artists people want their art, music off Spotify all that type of stuff like there's so many scandals we've seen cool I understand that because that's violence that's wrong if a brother slaps slump somebody on camera people are sending it to their friends on WhatsApp there's videos on Twitter like fights in America there was a hey, youth from Liverpool made it off of that do you, <laughs> like, do you, know, do you know what I'm saying whole brands that have su- succeeded off of and the reason why I'm telling you it's not a power thing because I just give you the, the example of when one person way more powerful than the other one sparks me and nobody cares now give, let me give you example number three if a man it's like slaps a woman in the face, like a little tap. No, there's slaps that your mum gives you that don't really hurt, and there's some slaps that your mum gives you that proper hurt. Your your ears are ringing, your face is all red. But that's like that little clap around your face. Mm. That's no damage. If this was put on camera, people would be outraged. If a man grabbed a woman by the neck, which is not really long lasting damage, if he's not really, if you just grabbed her, not like choking the life out of her, or like push her in the face, that's gonna get a very very bad response from society because we. Mm. So you cannot say it's a power thing. That power yeah. I can hold is there is a rap, there is a normalization of violence between men. When men are having a fight, people stand and watch. There's videos about it. People incite violence between each other. It's like I I I I've been watching people on on social media go to people to fight each other. In fact, when I was at school, I was that guy. I was like, bro, you gonna you gonna let my man talk to you like that, bro? Do you man man called you, bro? You gonna let man? I was that going to fight. I can't lie. So this is taking a lot of unlearning, but. Yeah, this yeah, is definitely an issue like look, violence is normalised like and it's crazy as I said that tweet I mentioned at the top of the show man people laughing at the, the possibility of somebody getting beaten up every Friday at 6pm check this though with that tweet again and that's that same scenario there's disposability on two sides there the the dad who cheated and he was getting beaten up yeah. but also the men who are going to beat this guy up for fifty dollars and potentially risk their freedom because if they got caught by police, they're toast. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? And that and that brings us to my next point: crime. So, um, those who listen to my show know that, of course, the people who are less economically um, well off are more inclined to get involved in crime for obvious reasons. So, you're not going to see the same level of crime rates in Calabasas that you are going to see in downtown Lagos for obvious reasons. So if we look at crime, and I'm looking at the Home Office Homicide Index for March 2017, mm-hmm. 74% of homid- homicides were men. So 74% of people killed in homicides were men. 74%. Cool. Let me give you no- Let me give you another societal example, which I'm culprit of. 
we aren't really trying to have our, our women walk at night on their own because we're, we're worried. Like, if my sister's oh. out late, she's a big woman. If I'm at, if I'm at my parents' house, I can't even lie. Like, I'm still awake and kind of like sketchy. I'm trying to play it cool. So mum's all like bending off her phone. I'm like, mum, she's going to a party. But even me, I'm a bit worried. Yeah. Why am I not as worried when my brothers are out? Because my brothers are exponentially more likely to be in, to be a victim of violent crime. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But again, it's that social conditioning of, ah, uh, you know, let them handle themselves. And as subconsciously, it's, you know what, they can get into whatever they need to get into. Let me make sure that the women around me are safe at the expense of whoever else is out there. So I don't want them to get hurt. But if they do, so be it as long as the women are okay. And that is... Part of that's biological, part of that is social conditioning. Yeah. And, you know, to, to differing levels. But that that is that is subconsciously what goes on in in your mind. And I mean, I've I've got kids, I've got three kids, I've got two boys and a and a girl. Yeah. And I try consciously to be as level as I can. And sometimes I even maybe go a bit above and beyond in in that aim of trying to be equal with it but i find that i have a lot less patience with my sons than i do with my daughter um i definitely spent a lot more time with my daughter i mean partly because i was i was working from home and i was able to but in terms of consciously going out of my way to spend time with my kids my daughter got more of that got more quality time um and you know, gets more engagement out of me, and that is just—I don't—I I wouldn't say she's like my favorite. I, I actively try not to have favorites, mm. you know, as I'm sure any parent will tell you. But that is—that's—I subconsciously do that, and I see it happening, and I, I pull myself back. And you know, it's—it's it's not even the thing of like, oh, it's my firstborn. She's not <laughs> my firstborn's a boy. Like, there's no logical reason as to why other than the fact that it's just conditioned either naturally or societally that I need to keep my eye on this girl and when she's come back from nursery and there's kids ramping with her like I'm I, I, my blood boils mm. do you know what I mean like properly boils to the point where like, I'm, I'm feeling like I might go to that nursery tomorrow and start kicking off doors like yeah I can't lie um, but I will happily trip up a couple of youths at nursery if you're missing on my oh, kids oh listen I'm just not trying to incriminate myself on, on your podcast, bro. bro I'm, I, I, I'm pouring. If <laughs> listen, if you think your snotty nose brat can ever do a thing to money my children, I will pour Sarah like all over your youth's head. <laughs> so calmly, bro. So calmly. And if you want anything, you can get fist up saying, wait. And even oh, see, even, even thinking like this, yeah, this is. We should. I should be thinking like. I, I'm so ready to go to violent extremes for the sake of a loved one that I don't even have yet. And it's mad because we are so much more likely to get um, attacked, but we do not have the society doesn't have that same safeguards for us. Like we, it's crazy. Even, and don't get me, don't get twisted in terms of violent crime, looking at the same index um, from 20 April, 2016 to April, 2017, 78% of violent crime offenders, all violent crime offenders were men. As I mentioned before, <laughs> testosterone were more prone to violence, society, societal, it is a mess. Why are we engaging in so much violence? Why is it so normal? Like, and I think 
it's funny when I see I see this tweet all the time and and I don't really come to check it because I just don't I can't be bothered for these people to argue with me because I think it's so obvious when people are like oh you guys have certain energy for women but I have the same energy for men when it's 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 glaringly obvious they're two different risks that's like saying oh okay cool you you okay cool you have different energy running your mouth to I don't know a cat than you would to a lion yeah because a lion will bite my head off and I can handle a cat it's common sense the the danger and even when people say stuff like which I do believe in like oh if you see a guy that's being a bit too creepy for girls to step in there is if you step in as a man you have actively put yourself at risk for physical confrontation Getting hit in the face by a grown man is not fun. Like, oh god, no. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 don't, you don't. You, you don't really want to. You don't really do it. And I, th- I can't remember what study it was that. Um, I think women are more likely in the in the intergender um, altercations. Women are more likely to strike the first blow or provoke it or something. Like that. I'll get it correctly. Yeah, but because um, there's that expectation that y- yeah, because you're not yeah, gonna. Is not gonna... They're not going to get it back because their life is valuable and the man's life and that man's health is is not. And, you know, the example you gave where, you, you know, if you see a, a guy moving a bit too mad towards a woman, you're supposed to step in. That goes straight back to that original point I was making that a man is expected to, whether he knows this woman or not, whether this woman is personally important to him or not, he's supposed to put his health and safety at the bottom of that pecking order to make sure that she is okay. And so, you know, it could be two complete random strangers, you know, a big man looking like Callie Mussel and some next mm. woman. I'm expected, if there's a load of people around, a load of women around, and this guy is moving mad to this one woman, out of all these people, they're going to be looking at me like, why aren't you doing something? These times, this guy is going to fist me up the same way he'd fist up any of you guys. Yeah, we're all talk. But, but, it's, but it's me now because i got a little something different down there. I'm supposed to <laughs> go and get brought up on the street with the same one bang you'd give to everybody else. Like there's, you know, but I, I am disposable at that point because I am male and that is, that's what it comes down to. Now we could reel off examples all day. Yeah. We'll and talk. the same rule follows. If there is a situation where danger or discomfort or ill health is optional, that option is supposed to be and expected to be taken by the man and the man is also expected not to object in that situation either. Yeah, otherwise, be, oh, otherwise, right. yeah, otherwise, first of all, you've been taught it, so it's like kind of revolting against your coding. And also, it it then it then removes, like, it then decreases your value in society. Like, people are raw, like, are you a man or what? Like, are you a man or a mouse? Like, them, them type of, like, small like small statements show the wider view that really and truly our lives are more disposable. Like, if you if you look at this, if you look at the, the 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 statistics, check the statistics as Big Shaq says. Yeah, <laughs> the statistics. <laughs> it, it is quite um, it's quite balmy that this is not like a major campaign that is like sweeping people's discussions, whether they whether we have football at work or in a gym or in on the dinner table or in the media or on your Twitter, Reddit, but it's not. Simply because it's just like it's just seen as like, like it's more of a bigger issue in society that men are likely to do each other off and die at ridiculous rates where they don't have to. As I mentioned, seventy five percent of suicide um, victims are are men, and that's partly mm. because men 
with that testosterone are more likely to take the more hardline approach into the suicide suicidal um, um process, which will which will likely result in you know fatality. Mm. But you're more likely to see on TV people talk like, "What's the big issue? Okay, what type of should we change the pronouns on on toilets or?" Should 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 we show pictures of people with six packs and curvy bodies and and muscles because it might make fat people feel bad? This is an issue that is like so far. <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's far in the future. I, I don't even. It's not even discussed like really and truly to the point where people are li- are actually out here saying flagrantly, so ignorantly, "Oh, men are way more privileged." Yeah, men are probably more privileged in certain scenarios. Like men are more likely to be more economically privileged, but at the same time, a lot of men are likely to be less economic. Like I always say, um, and I got this from my boy Dr. Lee. Shout out him on two of my podcasts. Life's like a bell curve, and women have a higher average quality of life. Men, oh, yeah. men are more likely to dominate the upper echelon of life. Like you see, billionaires, for example, are predominantly male. Also, the lower end as well. Uh, also, a lower end. So even yeah. even with discussing earlier, I remember that point about manufacturing and stuff like that. We live in a technological society where AI and robots are getting involved. So lower skilled jobs are bec- like where it's just kind of manual labor are becoming more scarce. And who dominates his job like manual labor? Men, so you start to see unemployment. You start to see them. In fact, even in some societies like the Caribbean society here, incarceration, which we're going to talk about next, is oh, such a pro- get that. it's such a problem <laughs> that even though I don't give it, I don't really care about this. That that, but even the gender pay gap between men and women in the Caribbean is reversed. Without like Caribbean women, on average, earn more than Caribbean men, and incarceration is the reason for that. But let's talk about the impact of this. This is how we conclude the impact of disposability of men on average society. So what is the impact on, what's the end result? Well, um, you, like you just got onto the, the point and we've spoken about criminal activity and violence and that sort of thing. And obviously the end, uh, the, the end game in terms of criminal activity is that you either die or you go to prison. That's how crime typically ends up. Um, and there is massive disparity in that as well, in the way that men are treated in the criminal justice system. You know, you've got a three to one sentencing ratio and it's it's it fluctuates, but it sits at around about that. The numbers tend to go between you know, from five to five to one to two point five. Which is um, absurd. It's crazy. Yeah. Um again when you consider the ratio of men to women in this country. And obviously there are other factors in there. We don't want to ignore the nuance of that. Obviously the fact that, you know, a lot of crimes, particularly violent crimes, are committed by men and such. But these, again, these numbers are crazy. Um, for the same sentencing, men are more likely to be sent to prison, whereas women are more likely to get community service or lesser sentences as well. Which, again, is that disposability. It's you know trying to integrate women and get women back into society as quickly as possible because they're seen as valuable, they're seen as useful. Whereas with men, it's, yeah, send you to bin. And obviously people die in prison as well. But that risk there is, it's it's not a factor when it comes to men. It's like, you've done a crime. Can we send you to prison for that? All right, you go in prison then. Straight. Whereas with women, it's how lenient can we be with that? You know, it, that's, uh, there's, there was a news story um, probably a couple of years ago now where this woman who was trained to be a doctor um, yeah, I she, she 
she was like just out here just bottling her boyfriend just for fun like and she'd done it a few times and then she like got finally got called up in front of a judge after being left you know let off the hook so many times and the judge was like oh well you've you've got a potential career ahead of you so on on those grounds we're, we're gonna allow it and I'm, my first thought was her career is one of care i don't want a woman who goes out bottling the person who quote unquote she loves the most <laughs> in, in a duty of care yeah <laughs> so what, what if i tell you that oh you're a bit of a tosser today what are you gonna say you're still gonna stabbing me with syringe in my eyelids like what's going bruv you know so and that's a prime example i mean um and then when we look at you know the uh the numbers in terms of imprisonment uh, some of the stats from it was about half a decade ago, but the the numbers haven't changed much since. It was ninety one thousand men were imprisoned uh, five years ago that year, which is eight point eight percent of all sentences. So, any kind of criminal activity that was concluded upon, nearly nearly nine percent of those resulted in men going to prison. Whereas with women, it was eight thousand which is 2.6 percent of all concluded sentences mad that's a disparity that's a disparity factor of 3.5 3.5 times more likely to go to prison and that's just and that's that's with the percentages down of all sentences like if you're talking about you know the overall numbers it's over 10 times as much in terms of uh, how many people are in prison, just the raw numbers, and that's 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 mind-boggling. How how quick we are to literally dispose of the men in our society, because whilst by name prison prison is supposed to be rehabilitation, that is not the case here. We know this. Yeah, it's the more retribution. Who, absolutely, it's it's punishment. Uh, we we don't have we don't have that rehab system here. Our system just doesn't work like that. Um, but there was, there was, a, there was a, a quote that I found which really kind of hit home. And I'll, I'll read it out verbatim. Men are subject to massive gender discrimination in the criminal justice system, which we know. But here's the bit. If male offenders were treated in the same way as female offenders, there would be only one-sixth of the number of men in prison. About 68,000 men would not be in prison if they were female for the same offences, which would leave a male prison population of only 13,000. That's crazy that those raw numbers are there based on you know the same criminal justice system. We all, we're all in the same system here, but just purely based on sex, gender, however you want to call it, that the way you're going to be treated and processed through that system is so different. And, you know, going to prison once can ruin your life entirely. And people get, Absolutely. you know, you hear the phrase, people get stuck in the system. Absolutely. And that is, that is a thing. Like, there are people that I know that, you know, have been in the system over you know, relatively minor things and now can't get out of that. And, you know, over time it gets a bit more serious. It gets a bit more serious because you become institutionalized. You, you hear that yeah, place. like it's mad because like on 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 ends. I can always tell who's somebody who's fresh out of jail. 
Of course, it's glaringly obvious. Yeah, it's glaring. Like you can tell, like the way they dress, the way they carry themselves. You could just tell it's mad. Um, yeah, like you raise you raise such good points. It just shows the disposability from in terms of reproduction. We've discussed that. We've discussed actual violence. How we view violence amongst men as something normal, like almost furniture. Speaking of furniture, homeless people in London, for example, I live in London. Um, homeless people, and I'm a, I'm a culprit up until recently, are like kind of seen as furniture. Like you kind of like walk past them like there, they're just like lampposts. And they mm. are like almost nine out of 10 of them are tend to be male. And so we know that male, I, f- I feel like we've pro- provided a pretty substantial case and I'll be very intrigued to see anyone challenge it. And if you ain't gonna challenge it with data, then you need to, you just say for energy. Actually, I told me so I can laugh, but um, <laughs> that's a bit rude, isn't it? <laughs> when I'm tired, of my rudeness comes out. I apologise, listeners. But yeah, tell me anyway. It'll be interesting. But um, oh, I would so, like to hear counter arguments. Yeah, well, sorry, it's good. It's good to hear. I always like to hear counter arguments because then it makes me challenge my own thoughts. And sometimes I change my thoughts. Sometimes I kind of reject them. It's very interesting. Anyway, so in terms of like to conclude, so how do we see like these um, parameters that kind of been in place biologically? And on a more societal basis, impacting let's discuss young men today and what can be what can be done to kind of remedy it? Um, in terms of the, the impact, it's obviously it obviously has a massive impact on how men view themselves. Um, obviously, you know, I could be here all day talking about mental health. That's obviously something uh, mental health and mental illness is something that I'm quite vocal about often but I, I won't get into that right now because that's that's one for another day um but that is obviously a massive factor when it's ingrained into you um obviously both biologically but also societally that you are less important than your female counterparts but also more you have more responsibility than them and you are here to facilitate them and make sure that you look after them that that weighs heavily on you and it also you know we talk about risk appetite we talk about you know uh, people being at you know the end of the line and still having to do things by any means necessary a man is more likely to do that because of those factors you're taught that you know you know you are disposable so you know if you end up you know if at all costs literally means at all costs so be it um and also you know the fact that you're less important than somebody else as well that's 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 all those things factor into the way that, you know, we see a lot of young men behaving. Um, and obviously, we, we see all the stats. And like said, you've got the suicide stats as well. You know, how hard it really is hitting young men in particular as, as these these um, societal pressures become more and more ingrained. Now, what can we do about that? I, 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 I don't know if I've, I've got a, an out-and-out answer for that, if I'm, if I'm really honest. Obviously, it could be easy just to say, hey, need to balance the way we talk to boys and girls and the way we treat them and on a personal level like I say I've got my kids and I try and balance that myself but you know people who are from traditional families or hold traditional views that's that's not going to wash you know you mention you know if I'm I'm from a Caribbean heritage obviously you're from an African heritage I don't know if we were to go and start talking about gender roles to you know the older generation you get laughed out of the room and start cussing you. Come on, get out of here, Joe. That's what I hear. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, I, I, I don't know if, I, I don't know if, if it's, if it's a thing that is going to change. 
personally, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to change. Um, I think obviously with a lot more information coming out there and, lot, and people talking about things in the way that we are and, you know, other podcasts and publications are starting to talk about these issues and definitely talk, definitely talking about mental illness and mental health a lot more. I think that when people see the effects of it, people might be a little bit more kind of caring and maybe look at their approach. But I, I don't know if it's going to make a big difference to the way things are. Because like you say, some of it is biological. Yeah, of course. Um, and our species, like I say, we went back to that, you know, the point I made at the start about sexual dimorphism. Men and women amongst humans are very, very different. And that, that's not going to change anytime soon. So that, that biology is also not going to change. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know how we can. So I wish I wish I had the answers because it's it is a problem. It's it's a massive problem because, you know, I said, I've got two sons. I'm, I'm probably going to chill for now. So, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm good on two. But, you know, at some point, I imagine you probably going to go and, and have kids and you're you know, hopefully going to raise, you know, strong young men as well and they're going to go through these these issues too and whilst you at a personal level can look and say you know you're going to try and raise your son to be a certain way and you know look after the way that he views himself and understands his role in society the moment he steps out of your house society is still there yeah and these things are still you know the the moment he steps out of that front door he's is it's the lord of jungle pretty much We'll talk. You know what I mean, and you know, if he if, if he brings a girl home, and that girl's from a different culture, or she's been raised with a different school of thought to you know what we might be talking about today. You know, that's still going to impact on him because we know as as men, we are very much at the beck and call of the women close to us. And again, we talk, it's it is ingrained, and you know these these young men, these boys, these men are going to want to. You know, look after these women, keep them happy for a start, but also want to provide for them. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying. I'm, I'm really. I swear, I feel like it's a one man holy war. But I'm really trying to challenge that. I really want to put told these young gentlemen to put your happiness first, primarily over everybody. You can't keep sacrificing your life to the point of damage, and especially in our communities, um, we're not really prone to showing any signs of weakness. We could be almost exploding inside. And we, 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 nobody can know because we don't want people to look at us a different way. So I feel like, oh, yeah, I feel like we, we can't, we can't help their biology. Society is very difficult to change, but we can start to like individually kind of impacts culture because there's, there's, I believe in culture where culture sways from side to side. We can, we, we have seen to make certain things cool. I remember there's a period, yeah, um, I'm not sure, but like in London, there's a period where if you're robbing phones, you were seen as bummy. I know it's a very small, kind of thing but there's like there's people mm-hmm. people's phones get robbed every day but like but I know we're lying yeah. outside of schools and people knew what time it was yeah it's handed over the phone innit <laughs> do you know what I mean but then, then it got to a point where people are like you're still robbing phones you're a bit of a bum and and people stop doing that so what I want people to start doing is start challenging yourselves don't feel like violence is normal like like mm. don't don't be retweeting videos of people having fights or retweeting videos of gangs and then one minute and then when the next young gentleman unfortunately loses his life you want to be doing bare crime tears I understand why you're ha- un- un- unhappy but you're perpetuating that culture that allows these type of things to take place do you see what I'm saying like yeah absolutely and, and also I always I've mentioned quite often that women have done a great job 
when I say women, like the wider women of female society, a great job of kind of shifting their role in society, um, being able to go out and earn and kind of unpackage femininity. You could be whatever you want. You could be the housewife type person. You could be the corporate boss type person. I know a bit of both of people. You could be a bit of both. You could be whatever you want to be. And that kind of needs to kind of happen. And also like you need, people need to have an open mind. Like understand that not everybody's going to be an alpha male. Not everybody's going to be that aggressive person. You shouldn't see somebody as weak because of that. They're just normal. They just they're just normal human beings just like you. So I feel like in the, on an individual level, people listening to this podcast can take some things from it and think from now on, okay, cool, this is wrong. Like I don't believe that people should be these men should be fighting each other. I don't believe men should I think men should be a bit more careful of how they operate in wider society because you're actually in danger from others. I don't feel like you should be putting yourself in situations where you don't even see your life as valuable, that you're taking risks, doing dangerous jobs, getting involved in gangs, getting involved in fights. Like, mm-hmm. I think you can slowly impact those things. It might not change, like, the whole universe. That, that's very difficult. But I feel like there is some sort of hope. And hopefully people with a bit more... bit of a platform like myself. My platform is actually great. I ain't, I ain't bloody Kanye. But... Um, cutting down, um, you know, on people sharing all violent content and stuff. And Yeah, just, I just um, want people to be a bit more shocked when they see violence. It shouldn't be something that is so normal like don't get me wrong like in certain situations somebody tries it like I will happily punch somebody up but that shouldn't be like a go-to a go-to conflict resolution and it shouldn't be something that is kind of glorified normalised and laughed at that's not that's that's not normal and people like me shouldn't think that okay cool that is an option if we want to keep if we want to keep it true and also like keep the same keep the same damn energy like if you're seeing people if no it's real talk like if you're seeing don't be laughing when girls are slapping up guys because if you turn around and boxes on their face it'll be oh, a big true, yeah. Yeah, it'll no, be a big, yeah it'll be a big hoo like we see these videos of these crazy ass American girlfriends doing crazy things and people are laughing at it I'm thinking first of all ain't nobody touching me point blank period mm. and these people should be demonised because they are being, they're violent and they're abusers like just because you're a man don't mean you still can't get abused Oh, listen, it's it's not and people when when people talk about abuse, they think immediately straight to the physical. And obviously that's the most visible sort of abuse. It's there, it's plain as day, you can't really dispute it. You know what physical abuse looks like. But the way abuse manifests itself isn't in the physical. It's the after effect and that's mental. It's how, you know, how that affects you long term, how you form relationships, how you react to people, whether you can trust people, whether you suddenly, you know, being abused makes you start lashing out at people, how that affects your relationships with those already close to you and the relationships you're going to form in the future. And just because, you know, just because my girlfriend wouldn't be able to physically hurt me as much as I'll be able to physically hurt her, it wouldn't mean that any kind of abuse wouldn't still have a serious effect, you know. Um, and and that's what people people don't really understand that dynamic of abuse or they choose to be completely obtuse towards it and completely ignore it and you know there's there's a conversation to be had about you know whether people are willing to look at the effects of that and again it comes down to you know the disposability of men and whether it matters to people enough to want to look at that sort of thing but as crude as it sounds at some point chances are these people are going to have sons. 
you know, even if they're not, so they're going to have men that they're going to want to care about, and these things are still going to affect them. And we've got to shape this mindset because it's it's affecting the next generation. It's affecting our generation. I mean, definitely, say our, our our men now are killing ourselves at a stupid, stupid rate. And absolutely, you know, if if the fact that eighty four men are killing themselves each week isn't enough to make you look and say. As a society, what are we doing? We're failing our men. If that's not going to do it, I don't know what is. Real talk. Okay, cool. Thank you very much for joining me, Weg. So, just to reiterate, just to reiterate, where can the listeners find you after they go? Uh, go on. The best place to find me is uh, on Twitter. I'm, I'm on there uh, quite a lot, just giving my, my raw thoughts, whether it's you know just me chatting nonsense or me getting down to the nitty gritty on things like this so that'll be Ash El Negro A-S-H-E-L-N-E-G-R-O that's me on Twitter and then um, my YouTube for more light hearted stuff is um, Shogun FC Official or if you just search Shogun FC you'll find me in there Um, and my SoundCloud is again soundcloud.com forward slash Shogun FC and you'll be getting more and more content on there so there's only a couple of uh, gaming podcast on there at the moment but i'll be talking more about things like this and just a wide variety of topics that i'm either knowledgeable about or that i care about so yeah that's that's me okay fantastic thank you thank you for joining me thank, thank you, you for the podcast um thank you for listening people uh please if you're listening on soundcloud um like it follow the soundcloud as well soundcloud.com forward slash this you know makes search this on soundcloud if you're listening on, on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe. Also, please give me a rating, preferably five stars. It helps me. And if you're listening and you have social media, I beg you, hashtag. I'm sick of time to click on my hashtag. I'm only seeing me and three people. Like, you know, you use hashtag. If you want to say, oh, decent this week. Yeah, do that. Let me feel good. You get me? A young ego boost. And yeah, if you listen to it on, if you, listen, you can even post it on your Insta stories or Snapchat. And just let, let people know that there's a decent podcast. I think it's decent. If you listen to it, you must think it's a very good podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take very good as well. Yeah, but let people know because please, man's tired, like, need to blow. But yeah, thank you for listening and God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.